Hello and welcome back to Dear Adam Silver, a show about sports, art, and the space they share. I'm not going to do too much of an intro today because I think that um, the conversation that's featured on the podcast gets into a lot of the current events that we're dealing with in the United States. Um, and I just I want to let the the conversation that I had with Blake Gillespie, who's my guest, sort of stand on its own. Um, Blake is a writer and has contributed to Impose Magazine, which is an independent music and culture publication based in Brooklyn. And he was the partner in the publication from 2012 to 2016, serving as an associate editor on the West Coast. He has contributed to numerous online and print publications, including Vice Sports, Bandcamp, Daily, The Sacramento Bee, The East Bay Express, and The Sacramento News and Review. Blake is also the author and publisher of Sacred, a literary journal dedicated to basketball's universal language. Sacred is his first book and is a way of finding a lane that encompasses sports, art, and spirituality. He is based in Sacramento and is an avid pickup basketball player. Blake recently wrote a letter to Adam Silver and was willing to come on the podcast to read it. So I really want to thank Blake for making some time to do this. Um, And I also want to thank you all for listening. Yeah, I went out Saturday and yesterday in the afternoon and, um, yeah, it's, you know, this is a powerful time right now. I don't even know how to speak on it at this very second. But, yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I was very moved by the protests, um, here and the fact that like the organizers were phenomenal. Um, like they are just they're the people who like make like protests you know the, 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 they do they do it properly like uh yeah. yesterday there was like they did an altar for um starting at like 2 p.m they did an altar for lives that were lost and let people come express themselves they did a demonstration of how to protest safely and broke it down in terms of like how they will be out there, who they can rely on, you know, equipped everybody with with medical supplies. So and and masks and anything and these other things like, you know, numbers to lawyers, um, you know, instructed people on how to stay safe, stay in large groups, you know, when to film, who to film. Um, you know, and like, it was just this incredible kind of like education. And then like to go out there, you, you, you know, you just, you just knew that you were kind of shepherded in this moment. And, uh, it was just really beautiful because I, you know, I'm very much an amateur protest. Uh, I've, I'm, you know, taken a lot of adversarial stances in like, you know, from like op-eds and, and just like my, you know, general ways in which I express myself. And I've I've always been someone who's, you know, expressed my allegiance with, with uh, a lot of the um, social issues and political issues, 
um, but not always gone out and been a body in the, in the crowd. And um, the way that it felt this weekend was like, just like so impressive uh, in terms of like the ways in which they equipped people to protest properly and put it on uh, the police to make the mistakes and not the people who have the demands, you know? And so, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was really, it was really powerful to just see them just like, just be so mindful and so, uh, you know, helpful in like letting people know that like, you know, this is how you do this and this is how you do this for us, you know, especially, you know, being people of the black community who were, you know, seeing a lot of white faces like mine out there who like wanted to, you know, let them, let us know what we should be doing for them. And so, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, <clears throat> I haven't seen that much, um, news footage from Sacramento when I've been, um, like following different stories. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just, I wasn't sure what exactly was, was going on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it started, we, the, it, we've been, we're now on day, we just completed day three of protests and, um, you know, and, and as, you know, each night the, uh, I guess, uh, damage and vandalism and reappropriation that has, has intensified. Um, and so, you know, as of this morning, we're, expected we, we we received a curfew and there's expected to be an announcement very soon regarding the uh extents and requirements of that okay. um and yeah yeah i you know but i fully expect that um that will be met with rebellion yet again so sure. um <laughs> has there was not a curfew the past couple nights there they, they, the city officials uh, chose to not uh, apply that in hopes that it would, you know, uh, calm the situation, you know, like sure, yes. meeting, you know, meeting, meeting uh, this moment with, uh, with more restrictions and more uh, force, you know, they were hoping, you know, to, to not do that in order to, um, you know, try and, you know, send a message that, you know, that, you know, they were allowing these, 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 uh, protests to, to exist and, and, and run their course. Yes. And, uh, and yeah. And then after the things continue to just like, uh, spiral last evening, um, they've, they've since ch changed their mind on that. Okay. Um, I was just watching, a report with the uh, I was just watching a report with Governor Newsom and you know they're deploying National Guard now. Um, I don't think that that Sacramento was concluded, but I, or included, but I haven't seen yet. But yeah, it's it's intense. Yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So I wanted to have you on the podcast um, originally because you sent me your mm -hmm. letter to Adam Silver, um, a letter mm -hmm. that you'd written 
to him. Um, and once I had the chance to look at it, it just seemed, uh, well, it's always like the contents of the letters always uh, uh, like consistently timely to me as far as uh, the issues you're talking about in the letter are not just about where we're at right now as a country, but are sort of a metaphor for for things that are happening all the time, um, mm-hmm. which made me just, yeah, really want to have you on the podcast to, to hear you read it and to discuss it and uh, talk about kind of how we go about um, addressing the people who have power and what we address them about. So, yeah. Um, Certainly. Thank you for coming on to to do just that, I hope. <laughs> You're still willing. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, right. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like the, any way I'm going to describe the letter any more than I just did is not as powerful as how it will sound to hear you read it. And so <laughs> I, I just want to give you the floor. Thank you. Uh, this is um, my letter, Dear Adam Silver, which I published several weeks ago uh, in response to the pandemic and the, uh, you know, news that we would, that the NBA would be looking to, uh, you know, resume its season. And so this is what I wrote to him. Dear Adam Silver, this week, NBA players will return to practice facilities under strict observation and and prudence. The limitations show that as a commissioner of a professional organization, one that has had its share of scares in the past two months, you continue to treat the virus and concerns of outbreak with severity. You're doing what's best for your employees and minimizing risk. We should all be so lucky to be under such thoughtful leadership. This is, after all, one of the most wealthy and resourceful countries in the world. And yet, the majority of us are in a precarious position, placed here largely against our will, and our assurance of a better future is gravely compromised, which is why I'm asking, which is why I'm writing to ask that you please not let the NBA return until every American can safely return with you. Allow me to illustrate the disparity the NBA will engage in should it forge ahead without us. Currently, playgrounds across the country are being torn apart for our safety, or so we are told. Basketball hoops in Jacksonville, in Brooklyn, in Sacramento, in Toledo, in Dallas, in Chicago, in Boston, in Tulsa, and in Los Angeles have been boarded up, netted, or removed entirely. Often these measures are taken in communities where the people are poor, prone to infliction of powerlessness, their census info less likely to be white. But governments have permitted even our most dire outbreaks of the virus, country clubs to book tea times. There, members are politely asked to consider social distancing while golfing. There is no police tape around the tee. Holes are not filled on the greens and flags removed. The tires on carts are not flattened. People of means are trusted and politely asked to consider the health of others as they continue their normal routines. 
No fines are issued for noncompliance. The same cannot be said of basketball courts in America. A person who plays basketball on their neighborhood court has not been treated with the same courtesy, nor have they been consulted about adjustments. Hoops were removed swiftly, violently, and actions were taken without input from the community. There was no public comment on the agendas of city council meetings. It was simply done. And we respect the actions if they were not largely conducted in disparity. In many cities, the rims were removed throughout lower income communities, but in the affluent neighborhoods directly adjacent, they remain up. On Instagram, you can scroll through hundreds of photos of backboards without rims or rims with boards fastened across them. The backboards without rims resemble a face with no mouth. Those with boards are gagged. They are silenced from that heavenly swish sound. They are like us if no one comes to help. We believe in the physical and social distancing that was asked of us. Many of us have taken to our driveways to work on dribble drills. We lie on our backs in home and practice form shooting. There is a powerful grassroots movement called hashtag survival hoops that illustrates the passion and creativity of the everyday hooper. People constructing makeshift hoops out of unique materials just for the joy of getting a shot up. If you haven't seen this, I re recommend seeking it out. We are staying home, watching the hardwood classics on NBA.com and brushing up on our history that got us in this moment. We are all watching The Last Dance on ESPN, and as much as it inspires us, we refrain from organizing a pickup game. We respect the moment like we respect the game. We are the dutiful bench warmers that embrace our role. Basketball is a team sport, and many of the teams in your league refer to their fans as the sixth man. To restart the NBA without the fans is to leave a team member behind. Please do not leave us behind. Do not leave the fans of the NBA behind and do not leave the millions of people who play the sport behind. Our communities have been given no timetable as to when our rims will be restored. These same communities have produced your players and have for decades. This is a historical moment in which the NBA can continue its reputation as a progressive organization that leads not just in the community but across the globe. The NBA should not play a game until all of the basketball rims and playgrounds throughout the United States are restored. We should return to the court together, safe as one. If the cities of this country can act swiftly to remove for our safety, they can bring that same swiftness to restore and heal. We stand at the threshold of a portal with the opportunity for a new path ahead, an inclusive path with fewer inequalities, but we have to demand it. When it becomes obvious that something is broken, fixing it back to what it once was is not the only option. We have the opportunity to restore it as something new, which is why I ask again, please do not let a single game be played until everyone in this free country can join you. Please do not allow this country to leave us behind. Demand that basketball be restored for all of us equally. Currently, we are on the precipice of negligent reopening at the indifference to loss of human life. If the NBA acts without us, then it has abandoned us, adding to that deafening din designated to met out the rational few. 
To forge ahead without us is a declaration that safety is for the wealthiest first and the rest the most vulnerable later. Sadly, much later. Don't let hoops be another display of the rampant inequality in this country. Basketball represents a unity of the world. To know this is to know that it should be restored with equality, not first to the professional or the private or the affluent, but uniformly on a global scale. With sincerest regards, the bench warmers. It's a really wonderful, wonderfully written letter. Thank you. I um, I was rereading uh, some of these, some of these words this morning. Hmm. Oh. Oh, it was <sighs> just you know in the past three days four days It's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's about, it's, yeah, it's not about, it's not about what I originally wrote anymore. <sighs> yeah, this is why I told you I was, I was raw before, before, before the call today. Sure. Oh, man. I, I have to tell you that through the the letter that you wrote and especially hearing you say it I I know it's not about basketball Mm -hmm. I mean of course it is about basketball but I know it it's about much bigger things yes and you know Yeah, it is. And it's it's difficult right now to try and see um, a sport, an organization, you know, that, you know, has put so much into my life and of so many people's lives throughout the world Mm -hmm. um like potentially try and forge ahead without the community that makes it possible you know and in delivering this message like and trying, you know, and doing what I can to speak towards it. Um, you know, it's feeling more and more um, 
dire that we like not allow this that 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 portal that is on the horizon right now it has to be um for all of us and and you know it's it's easy there's like a there's a, a visual portrait portrait right now of how that looks whether it's the hoops or the aggression towards protesters or the hundred thousand people who have died from what just amounts to negligence and being unprepared to take care of the people of this country. You can just see it like trying to get away from us and keep us where we are and go on. And that just can't happen again and again and again. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm a very calm but passionate person, you know, and I, I feel like, like I don't know the person I was like a, a few months ago because of the things that I'm witnessing. And I get this feeling that that is a feeling that many of us are going through. And for some, they haven't been heard that they were going through this for, you know, their entire lives through generations. And yeah, just where we're at right now it's 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 it has to be different yes i i i'm i hear you and i hear the distress um in your voice and i i i um I'm with you on this feeling of of wondering how to uh, sort of make things right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it, it's interesting because we got to know each other, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, and we talked, and we were both, you know. Um, energized and 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 you know and and we had you know we we're excited to talk to one another yeah and, we're already planning and, future and, projects and, together and future, future projects and we had we had we had all this um you know uh just energy that was just like a great just back and forth you know we, we you know we were ha- we were having a give and go you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i love and, that and, yeah and then and um yeah, 
and it's the 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 gravity is is like is is settling in in a, in a way that like I I didn't even anticipate like when you know I I mean I I I knew that you know like how I was feeling today but um yeah at this point I'm it's tough to you know. <sighs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think um, the the fact that uh, you you wrote this letter um, about a specific issue, you know, a while ago, not a while ago, in like um, the grand scheme of things, but it's you didn't mm-hmm. write it yesterday; it was a few weeks ago. I mean, it was before things started to to fully reopen again, and um, and and when the NBA, when the the players were just starting to go back to their facilities and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that, that your own, the, this thing that you, that you created can also have this impact on you that you didn't expect when you actually made it, uh, I think speaks a little bit to it. It's, it's power just as a, as a piece of work that you can, you can kind of relate to n- not as the maker, but as the, mm-hmm. as just a, a reader. That's been, you know, this, <laughs> I think that's the, the, uh, the, the impasse that we're at right now is that at this very moment, like, I don't even feel as though I wrote those words because, um, when I, and when I, you know, I don't even know that I've, you know, when I first wrote them, I had to vocalize them, you know, like just to, for, and I do that every time I write just to hear them, to, to, you know, know that it sounds, it has a rhythm that's, that's there and that, um, it, it's readable and that there's no awkwardness in, in the syntax or whatever it may be. Just like the minutia of, of writing is, was why I read out loud, you know? And then today reading out loud, um, about, the impact of those words, you know, and I, you know, I know I, 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 I feel this way. I feel, I felt genuine when I wrote it. I feel, and now I hear a person who um, was writing from a place of concern and, 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 and had to, speak up but like now I, I don't you know that person is is not like me anymore um in the way that i the way that i see that now if that makes sense it sounds i know it doesn't sound quite right but um yeah just the what has transpired since writing is, is, um, it means far more to me than, uh, than I could ever uh, have imagined in that, in that first moment. Like mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing to, to walk around my neighborhood and take the photos that I have of, um, of hoops, without backboards and to look at those and observe those and just to, you know, be, to bike around my neighborhood and, and see just 
and just to feel that the emptiness that was going on during the shutdown um you know i i that was really informing like my my, my thoughts and mm-hmm. and there was a, a a lot of just like feeling the the shutdown and and the significance of of what's happening to um to everyone to collectively for like the first time in uh, in in ages and to now read those same words having um attended protests to have seen um friends be tear gassed and pelted with rubber bullets and and just have violence inflicted upon them um like i you know i see i see the people i love and care about the people in my my city and community um being muzzled being you know look it just being those backboards without rims mm-hmm. um and it's it, it's just yeah you know it's it's all it's all it's 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 bigger now and um and i just i still feel like um i need more response um you know like i still want to put it on the shoulders of people who have the opportunity and the power to be leaders to do so um you know i believe it was you know dr corner west said something to the effect on cnn the other night that you know what we're seeing is the end of leadership and i and that's exactly what i'm feeling right now as well um i i'm not seeing leadership in the places of power right now uh i'm seeing small uh singular like i'm seeing small ways in which there's contribution uh you know right now the uh many of the players in the nba have set up relief funds you know donating pp uh e and donating to food banks you know some of the p- teams have are doing yeah uh things to you know help out um recently the kings stopped charging the state of california to use the uh old arco arena for a uh for a medical as a as a pop up medical facility and so you know um and the message that uh 
Vivek Ranadive of the Kings uh, said, you know, was one of the more thoughtful uh, that we, you know, that I've seen, but, you know, it can't just be words on paper Mm -hmm. Uh, in the same way that I know that I can't just write a letter to Adam Silver um, right now. Like, I have to, it, more is required right now. Um, yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going through this morning. <laughs> Happy Monday, yeah. uh, Abigail. <laughs> oh my gosh, a whole new Blake. No, I mean, yeah. I, I, we had a, I, I mean, our conversation that we had the other day, I was very, excited to speak with you for the first time and to to think of ways that we could help each other with our work and things like that. But I mean, I, I felt that, you know, we both were aware that we were in a, um, that things were not well. Yeah. Um, but of course I, I wasn't, that was before I saw a police car drive through a group of people, um, and mm-hmm. then heard the mayor of the city where that happened say that that to, uh, sort of support their behavior to some extent. Right. Um, so it seems like there's there's this new. I mean that's that is one example of things uh, that have happened in the past forty eight hours that that have made uh, me feel that that we're in a different uh, chapter of of this uh, this country. I guess. Yeah, that is. Um... That is uh, kind of that's that's the headspace I'm in right now. Is uh, yeah, that there's a there's a fight ahead, um, you know, and it's it's one thing when the fight was to stay home, to you know, care for your neighbor by not putting them at risk. And, and that was, a that was an easy, that was an easy, you know, ask. And I, I, you know, I've been, I haven't been out since March 13th, like, except to walk my dog and pick up groceries, uh, occasionally go to the the mail the post office um which i didn't do until a few months in and when i felt like it was a little bit more safe and they had established a good uh you know protection system like they you know everyone needed a little bit of time to kind of come up with their their new systems in which they keep everybody safe and um to go from that to realizing that um, just to, to, to feeling as though like I can't stay home and, and not help this uh, moment be heard and seen and there be numbers that represent, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the, been the biggest part. That's been the hardest part about the pandemic is being someone who 
and part of the majority who, you know, met the moment, stayed in and took it seriously and wanted to get through this, um, you know, with compassion and hope and, and, and make sure that everyone, you know, as many people as possible, at least, you know, come out on the other end and that we don't see a hundred thousand people just gone from this planet in that time. Um, you know, thinking that that was knowing that that was like the way, but like also being frustrated because, you know, there's a small majority, there's a, not a small, there's a small community of people who are fighting that and disturbing that. And then they get that voice elevated well beyond what most of the country is doing and, and kind of knowing that I want to counter this, but like, I have to stay home. Like this is, we just can't, we have to do our best to ignore Mm -hmm. this behavior. And then it comes to this point where that is not, you know, staying home is not the, is not the, the, the look, you know, now we have to be seen because this has to stop regardless of what the risk, regardless of the risk, basically, because there's the risk is there with or without the pandemic. Um, these things are, are happening and it's absurd that they continue to happen despite this national crisis um and so yeah it's it, it, the 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 components just keep uh multiplying uh it's 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 overwhelming but it's like i i you know i feel like we just have to take them in and then do our best to uh, respond and, and respond thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like I'm making it, I feel like I'm making it so impossible for you you to ask any follow-ups or anything like that. Um, Uh, no, no, no. I, (laughs) I have nothing to say. No, I, I do have one thing to say that I think is really important to point out about one of the parts in, in your letter when you talk about the violence of taking down the hoops. Um, and I think that it, it's very easy to think of um, violence in a physical body-on-body way. Um, I don't think we use the word violence enough to describe sort of actions taken that don't affect someone like a punch in the face would or a rubber bullet or, um, you know, some of the other awful things we've seen, but that violence lives just in sort of the our day-to-day existence with one another when we live in a place where white supremacy exists in such a fashion. Indeed, and um, I believe... Uh... I believe it's um, what 
in, I just happened to um, read some uh, an essay from Rebecca Solnit this morning, and she um, spoke speaks of structural violence. And I think that's what the term that, that she used. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just trying to look it up real quick. But yes, uh, you know, and that, that is um, violence that is uh, carried out by, you know, uh, institutions, governments, things like that, that like they don't have, uh, it's not a, it's, yeah, it's not a punch in the face. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not tear gas. It's not, um, thing, it's not things like that, that you, you look and you see a human, like who's receiving that infliction. Um, it's things like redlining and, and making, uh, you know, decisions regarding the use of community public space without community input. Mm. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's redevelopment and, 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 and selling off, uh, you know, property and then creating these, uh, harsh, uh, reformations of communities without their involvement, without their, uh, you know, say or, or in ways in which it causes, it, it forces them to have to migrate, leave, whatever it may be. Um, it's, these, these things are violence. Building a basketball arena on what was once a neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it uh, I mean, and when I say what was once a neighborhood, I mean that the neighborhood was was destroyed to build the basketball arena. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I just uh, I think that we need to call more things violent um, in order yes. to properly put them in a category of of how destructive they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you, um, it, it, using the word violence, uh, like humanizes the severity mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, because yeah, again, it's just like violence is normally used in this context of like what one person does to another, but what about what one system does to a whole group of people? I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's yeah. So I think that that I was I was, I want I want to use that word. Um, more not to take away from its power, but to accurately describe events that are not, you know, what we normally think of. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I was, um, you know, these things, you know, this, 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 these ideas that I'm, you know, writing about uh, in terms of like the, these hoops, you know, and, and their future, these playgrounds future, um, you know, the, uh, swiftness in which they were removed, but the dragging of the feet of when they will be restored, like there's, there's, you know, without, without speaking about this situation, um, 
these places may not return at all. And then with that, uh, when they when they start to become no longer in use, then they become uh, opportunities to become repurposed. And so then communities lose these places of congregation and they become lofts. They become, you know, they become a parking garage so that, you know, uh, a city can make more financially things that they become parts of capitalism instead of parts of community. And I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see less basketball courts, more parking garages, mm-hmm. um, you know. I even just I think it's just been a few months since I've been in a parking garage. So hearing you use that as an example, I just am angry thinking about them existing, just even if they're not. I mean, no matter where they're built, they're, it's just so it's such bullshit mm-hmm. to charge people for parking. Um, Indeed. And and that kind of structure that just, like, ruins – it's just, like, the ugliest thing. I mean, same with arenas. Mm -hmm. Arenas are really ugly, too, from the outside, which is, like – Yeah. Yeah, parking garages suck. Well, and to to take this into, like, a local space of, like, Sacramento in specific, when we built the uh, Golden One Center in downtown, part of – that was – that deal was finalized in that the city would use – funds from parking garages to pay their part of the of the bill to build the arena and since the pandemic no one's coming downtown parking fees and tickets and garage fees have like plummeted to a point where the city might default on its payment to the golden one center and that will cause a ripple effect in which they have to find that money elsewhere. And I don't think they're going to uh, take it from the police budget. So, no, <laughs> so then Jesus. it starts to, and so then it starts to rip and then starts to go elsewhere. Uh, and then, you know, maybe they feel down the road that we need more garages to make up for lost time in and 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 fees and then we get less hoops in our in our city in our districts you know it's just we're like always we're like teetering on these like these things that are just about to to flip and then we're not there to say something it goes it happens without our input you know yeah and I don't know of a better example of a pushback on the idea that sports and politics are not just on top of each other in the grand scheme right. of things. <laughs> um, so just this idea that uh, the interconnectedness of all these different entities uh, that you know essentially all rely on us leaving our houses <laughs> – um, and <laughs> regularly, uh, mm-hmm. but of course now that that people are leaving their houses for these protests, um, there's this need to 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 protect. When I say there's a need to protect those spaces, I'm meaning there 
there's a it's a the the protests are also a threat to the survival of the status quo as is the pandemic and now we have mm-hmm. these two things on top of each other right i it's it's tough to yeah yeah i have no i i don't know what that what's beyond what's around the corner i don't know you know um you know i don't have the court vision on this one sure sure i think yeah, yeah. um when we had discussed doing this podcast, we had talked about doing like talking about some other stuff besides your letter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I, I, uh, the space, the space for your letter. Uh, I want to to have that have that be what what uh, matters here. So. Mm-hmm. I think, th- and also, this is my way of making you come on the podcast again. <laughs> That's fine so, with me. I would uh, be happy to to, to unpack um, some of the other work that you've done around basketball, visual writing, and uh, we can talk about some of the letters I've written to Adam Silver mm-hmm. and how they are connected to yours. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Oh, and also your yeah. response. You've actually sent this letter to Adam Silver, um, yeah. which is, you know, probably the, uh, I mean, that's a good first step, <laughs> is actually mm-hmm. sending him it. Yeah. Um, and and you heard back. Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah maybe, do, we, we, do you have our that? Our mutual friend, our mutual friend, Bill. Yeah, Bill, we've both been in contact <laughs> with Bill of NBA Fan Relations. <laughs> that, yeah, what a guy, mm-hmm. you know, he just, um, yeah. very responsive. Um, so maybe, I, I think because, you know, we're talking about this and we both know that the problem that you're trying to address is bigger than Adam Silver. It's bigger than mm-hmm. Bill. It's bigger than... A non-response like you getting a response from this is is I think important for your personal work and what you do next but you know we're not Adam Silver didn't read your letter out loud at a press conference like we're not seeing the substantial (laughs) even though you know when I think Mm -hmm. about that happening it's very exciting (laughs) we're not seeing like that (laughs) the the effect that we want which means that we're still that everything is still like sort of out of our control and mm-hmm. we're still sort of like beating the wall. Um, that feels like we can, like we can never move it. So what, what, um, do you want to share what Bill wrote to you? <laughs> I will. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and, and then kind of to that, to that point of like, you know, we're kind of beating a wall. Um, you know, just the getting a response from from Bill, like even though it was a you know very calculated, you know very professional, um, you know acknowledged the uh, the um, the subject appropriately and 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 basically said that like you know that the NBA family is is you know through a series of, uh, of projects, like, you know, you know, trying to address these issues and whether it's, um, 
the NBA Together, which is their uh, kind of more uh, community-giving nonprofit arm, uh, and you know, doing various um, donations, things like that. Some of the players have 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 spearheaded, and then uh, there was a roundtable series, which um, I watched one of the videos on that, um, in which. They had, it was uh, Jalen Brown and um, Mavs CEO Cynthia Marshall and uh, and psychologist Dr. Kensa Gunther, and they were and Kar- Karan Butler was leading it, and uh, and they were speaking about the ways in which. Uh, COVID-19 has, has affected, uh, you know, black and brown communities and, and, uh, and, you know, the responses there and the, you know, the, the care that is, that is needed and needs to come. And, um, you know, it was, there's, there's discussions basically happening and, you know, it was great to see a player like Jalen Brown, who has he he wrote a letter in the Guardian, uh, uh-huh. and has always been very vocal. Um, I was actually reading his letter in the Guardian um, the other day, and it was at a time when the the uh, death toll was nearing thirty thousand, and it just like it was one of those things where like I wish that I could write Jalen Brown a letter and just ask how he feels now that it's like 70,000 more, uh, almost 80,000 more, I mm-hmm. think now even like, you know, because, um, that just feels like a world away from where we are today in the same way that I feel a world away from the, when I first wrote this letter, you know, maybe the answer is that we should be writing to bill. Yeah. Dear Bill. Like, dear Bill. (laughs) (laughs) It's less dramatic, and Mm -hmm. I have to change my uh, podcast um, icon, but maybe the answer is, dear Bill of NBA Fan Relations, like, you're the one that's talking to us, so let's Mm -hmm. let's share with you uh, more, more personally. let's, let's, Let's get Bill on our team yeah let's know? show up at like, his house i mean mm-hmm. we can go to westchester hey, or wherever he might live you know, like this will be you know like here's the thing you know you know this is our version of uh of you know players talking to one another offline and and you know colluding to come team up it's like sure, you yeah. and i you, you and i you and i will uh we'll kind of start chipping away at bill and letting him know like this is the this is the way right do you, so do you think that we're like the draymond green and kevin duran of 2016 like um in the western conference finals talking about katie going to the warriors um exactly. potentially i mean yeah mm-hmm. not that i don't want that kind of reaction to what we're doing but, um, no, not at all. yeah yeah i mean i think mm-hmm. i think there's just um there's lots of ways to move forward with with sort of getting trying to get our ideas about how we to make the NBA a more uh, thoughtful organization 
because uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you're right that that many things that have happened since Adam Silver uh, became commissioner have been have set such a high bar uh, for mm-hmm. other other sports um, and the NBA yeah. itself. So, like, let's just keep going with. I mean, let's just make it. You know. Um, better you know there's so many things that the nba could do that could just revolutionize how we think of sports um and and what's what sort of value sports bring to us uh and this is such a good moment for that um yeah i know um you know i it it it, it feels like um It's and it's you know it's it's weird because right now everyone is reposting photos of LeBron and Kyrie and other players in the in the I can't breathe shirts and um, and like and I, I don't say this to you know uh, put like some sort of like you know like where like why aren't why aren't we seeing these people now like i don't i don't that's you know i don't intend to make it seem as though it's like ill will towards um towards these you know players to you know be on the front lines constantly um that's you know not what i'm suggesting here but like but that like we're 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 <laughs> we're recycling you know uh these photos and but we don't have an example we don't have examples right now um and that's the the part right now that's like it's very frustrating because it's like there's that that idea of leadership and like where it's coming from it's 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 really needed um thoughtful leadership and and thoughtful uh displays of compassion and and understanding and and allegiance with what the entire country is going through right now and so i mean here's the other thing is like it's been three days and i fully expect um there to be you know that response that's coming you know um just because that's the that's you know that's who those players have been and I think will continue to be. And I, you know, I don't doubt that like we'll see, you know, uh, more coming from, from players. And I just, I just, but it's like, like we kind of discussed previously is like, we need the NBA to be like a response, you know, can't, we can't put it on, individuals within an organization and let them be on the front lines while the larger global corporation is shield it shields itself from from these moments yeah yeah and and i think that um and i know nba cares is a part of the nba of course i just Mm -hmm. think that like when someone who who I don't even know the name of the person who's in charge of NBA cares, but I feel mm-hmm. like we need to hear people who, who like we need to hear Adam Silver saying these things, not the people who are 
uh, work at like this arm of the organization that's separate from the basketball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that still, even though they ha- they are set up to be like um, uh, to to take action on on certain things, um, it still just feels like we need something from like the center of it all. Um, and right. I mean, I would say that that applies to too many um, institutions. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just a thing we're collectively feeling right now. And, you know, and I mean, obviously, it's almost even ridiculous to put that ask on the NBA. It's just that when when we have needed someone to step up, it's been the NBA. And that's Yeah, Greg Popovich, like, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, both wrote um, such Mm -hmm. good essays about what's going on um, just in the past, like, 24 hours. So, I mean, there's there's often people in in the league, some who are players, some who are retired, Mm -hmm. some coaches, whoever, that um, have the sort of power uh, to, and I mean, just power through their their way of communicating and their delivery to, to affect, affect things. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, Kareem's, yeah. Kareem's uh, editorial uh, in the LA times was very powerful. I, uh, he, he's someone who I always kind of, you know, I want to hear from, and I'm happy that he's, still here and still giving such uh, measured uh, insight into, you know, how to, how to internalize these moments and, and what, and what, and the gravity of them. Uh, Yeah. Right. We just need more. We need more of those voices. They need to get. (laughs) And I think also like, you know, we need their voices and we also, we need to, we need our voices too. So like, I mean, that's what makes your letter really important to me is because, um, you're meeting, you're putting out what you want to get back. Um, Mm -hmm. not just by asking for something, but, but just taking action in some way that you're, so we're not putting the responsibility necessarily on, um, people who we don't know or, you know, yeah. whoever to like <laughs> do things without us first saying, here's why we think that this should happen. Um, right. So I think that that is a, is an important, is an important component of this is that like it, it has to be some kind of collective because it, it won't work if, if, um, you know, Kareem writes his piece and we don't respond to it in some way. Uh, so we exactly. need to be, we need to be working together. So yeah, it's like yeah. me and Cream are coworkers. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> A dream come true. <laughs> uh, and that's you know that I think that speaks to um, a kind of philosophy I've always kind of carried with me is that like um, you know you, it's the kind of you don't have an opportunity to get what you don't at least try and ask for. You know. And you have to, you have to go, go for it. You have to do what you can um, when you, especially when you believe in something uh, like deep within yourself and, 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 and you know, it's, 
you know, it's something that you need, or if you know it's something that you, you know, is needed on like a lar- a, gr- a grander scale, like, um, yeah, it's like, it's, you can't take that easy way out of just like thinking about it without it, without action. Um, it's, it has to, it has to manifest. Um, and it'll only manifest by first doing and then, and then pushing. If not, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, sure. if it doesn't come from that, you know? Well, I really want to, um, say again how much I appreciate your writing and your willingness to to read it and especially being in the state of of overwhelm from from the past few days so thank you it was a it was my pleasure um yeah thank you for having me on uh and giving me uh a little space to to uh Giving me a little space to, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, giving you space to whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like giving yeah, each yeah. other space. That yeah, can yeah. be it. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But no, it was, it, it, it's, I, I really, I really appreciate the, uh, the support that um, has come from this and that, you know, we'll get, we're going to, we're going to do it again and, you know, we're going to keep, uh, you know, contact and 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 work on ways in which you know some of these things can come to pass in whatever we however we may yeah whatever progress we we can we can achieve you know sure we will talk very soon Mm -hmm. bye Blake all right bye